Ah, hello. Uh, does Natalie live here? No, she doesn't. Oh, dear. Okay. Are you singing carols? Uh, no, no, I'm not. Please, sir, please. Please. Well, I, mean, I suppose I could. Please. All right. Good King Wenceslas looked out on the feast of Stephen when, when the snow lay round about deep and crisp and even brightly shone the moon that night. Hello. Sorry to disturb. Does Natalie live here? No. She lives next door. Ah. Brilliant. You're not who I think you are, are you? Yes, I'm afraid I am, and I'm sorry about all the cock-ups. Not my fault. My cabin is an absolute crap. We hope to do better next year. Merry Christmas to you. Nice to meet you. And um, this is the Prime Minister. Yes, we can see that, darling. <laughs> and um, unfortunately, we're very late. It's the school Christmas concert, you see, David. Ah. It is the first time all the local schools have joined together. Even St Basil. Too much detail, Mum. Uh, anyway, uh, how can we help, sir? Well, I just needed Natalie on some state business. Right, yes, of course. Right, uh, well, perhaps you should uh, come on later, Plumpy. Uh, Natalie. Well, listen, I don't want to make you late with the concert. No, it's nothing, really. Keith will be very disappointed. No, really, it doesn't matter. The octopus costume's taken me months. Eight is a lot of legs, David. Hmm. Um, well, listen, why don't I um, give you a lift and then we can talk about this state business business in the car. Okay. Lovely. Lovely, yes. <laughs> Lovely. Yeah, final days of 2016 are coming up soon, with the next year lurking and coming in with a boom. There's still so much to do, so much to come. I'm still a wee bit worried about all this fun. What about all the folks that need to get paid? The milkman, the paperboy, and evening TV? That doesn't rhyme, it's a line from Full House. So let's get the creatures stirring, even that stupid mouse! Yes, the holidays are here, and that's why Love Actually will have to be played every 12 minutes. One of the great Christmas movies of all time at this point, really, I guess. Well, for me, for your pal, Dave Juskow, because as you know, my, fav- my, my favorite uh, writer-director. 
the great Richard Curtis. Laugh if you will, but he makes um, good character movies. And again, we've talked about this a hundred times. The late Gary Marshall couldn't hold a candle to this guy making a movie filled with stars. And uh, every movie Gary Marshall made was really bad. I mean, really, if you consider even Pretty Woman, it's not a great movie. It's some okay performances, but it ain't great. Richard Curtis is the best because he was starting out in the 80s and he made some classic comedies too. And um, and he's awesome, you know? So, and of course, you know, the scene I really wanted to play is, uh, for this to finish up here, I just can't get enough of this. I thought it would end already. I'm waiting. I don't know why. Let's just cut into it. Rip it. What is rip it? it? <laughs> I'm going to it. All right, I'll rip it. God, that's a surprise. What is it? <laughs> it's a CD. Joni Mitchell. Wow. To continue your emotional, emotional education. education. <laughs> <laughs> Goodness. No, I can't That's get enough. To continue your emotional education. Yeah. yeah, I didn't want to take it from everybody. <laughs> you know why that line is extra funny? And we, again, we, I guess we'll just talk about it every year. In the family guy when they did. <laughs> when Rupert gave uh, Stewie uh, the... <laughs> The gift of Joni Mitchell. <laughs> That's the teddy bear giving Stewie the gift. <laughs> to continue, this card just says to continue your emotional education. I swear to God, I think I'm going to give that card to everybody uh, this year as my gift. I'm just going to write on the card to continue. I guess it's not as good without the accent. <laughs> to continue your emotional education. <laughs> Come on. I mean, that's just good writing because what a pompous douchebag thing to say, especially, you know, that we know he um, gave the hot girl at his office the real gift. So it's, uh, come on, that's good writing. That is good writing, I think. To continue your emotional education. Alan Rickman is just, he is sorely missed. Mm. He could still have done so many good things. I mean, the guy never aged. I mean, you know, and Hans Gruber, there's your Christmas movie. This guy's been in two classic Christmas movies. I mean, classics. Die Hard's a legendary Christmas movie. Hans Gruber, one of the greatest villains of our time. I mean, he's definitely up there with Darth Vader. I'm sure they, uh, you know, if you didn't have to kill him off in the first one, they definitely, I mean, he would have been a great, he could have been the Hannibal Lecter of villains. He could have just been in multiple things. Now that I think, of, well, they didn't know Die Hard was going to be Die Hard. You know, they didn't know it was going to be so great. What are there, five of them now? Most of them are unwatchable at this point, but that first one is so good. We were just watching it the other day. It's so good. If you're a real man, you can sit and watch that movie all the time. Now I'm trying to be like, yeah, if you're a real man, uh, you'll really like love, actually. Uh, if you can, how you doing? 
to continue your emotional education, Mr. Potter. Uh, I'm very uptight about uh, this. You know, it's the Christmas season, which means not only, you know, I got a couple projects going on, but I'm saying you got to pay all the door guys. That's just in my bill. You know how it is. Everybody's got to pay. I got to pay the paper boy. I'm not kidding around. The milkman. All right. I don't have a milkman, but I got to pay all the guys in the building. I just counted today. I think there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. There's nine guys in the building. There used to be 11. So that's something. Nine guys in the building, but that's like fifty to a hundred dollars a piece. I'm just I'm panicking. I told you I looked at my bank account last week. It's not good. It's not pretty, but it adds up. Um, and then I was just thinking, you know, I, yeah, I do. I play. I pay the mailman, <laughs> the paper boy. I'm not kidding. Uh, and then I was like, I think I got to pay the people at the cellar because I've been doing all those shows this year and. You know, they're really nice. Don't you got to do that? You got to take care of people or just to be polite. And what about the people that have been filming the football show? I got to get them something. I mean, it doesn't have to be as elaborate as, you know, when I get the doormen who, you know, that's their job, I guess, to count on those bonuses. Um, God, I was, were we talking about that last week? I don't remember. I don't think so. God, I mean, what do they get? If there's uh, there's 17 floors with 10 apartments on each floor, um, I can't add. <laughs> Is that an easy 170 apartments? I don't know. And if if everyone gives a hundred dollars, I mean, to the at least the the morning guy, I'm sure, yeah, a lot of people don't give and they're dicks. But you know what the funny thing is? I mean, now this building is different. It's not like it was. That's why I can't get anything done in the building. Used to be able to pay somebody 20 bucks to clean my windows or to hang a picture. And now they just can't. They won't come up and do it. Although my super said something something happened with my toilet. I guess I, I really went to work on it or something. The seat is loose or something. It's not my fault. It happened when my nieces were here. Because I know they always make fun of me. What did you do to that? I'm like, I'm sorry. I punished that bowl on a daily basis. And years ago, I would be like, yeah, I need a new toilet seat. And the next day, the drunk guy would come up and put in a new toilet seat. And then he'd come back uh, an hour later and be like, I have your new toilet seat. And I'm like, you just, what the hell is going on here? But you'd pay him in either booze or money. I mean, geez, I sound like an old man, but I, I guess I don't think that exists anymore in any bill. I know our building got taken over by a corporation, but I guess that's just old New York. And it certainly was a convenient way of getting things done. Who cares? You got to pay a little 20 bucks. Tops 40. They buffed my entire floors for $40. Um, and so now he's like, yeah, we can't. We don't give out seats. I mean, you can buy it and we'll install it. I mean, I, I don't know how to buy a toilet seat. I don't even, I mean, they, I don't think they even have stores that sell them in New York City, do they? Or if they do, they're gross. He's like, well, I can give you a used one. And I'm like, who wants a used one? But then I was thinking, well, I, I suppose I use a used one if I go to the bathroom in the office every day. But I don't go to the bathroom in the office, so... I want a new one. But then he goes, well, listen, I'll I'll do it for you. I'll do it for him. Like, and you know what? I'll clean the windows for you. I'm like, what? Why? What's happening? He goes, hey, it's Christmas. You know how it is. He gets it. He knows it's Christmas. I mean, that's the right thing. I, I guess I was asking at the right time. He knows I'm going to give him a good gift. He's not a bad super. It's just he's in this situation where the corporation won't let anybody do anything. 
Yeah, the other day, I needed those stupid Chipotle cards I give out at the football show, and they wouldn't let my neighbor with her baby into my apartment like because she had to go downstairs to get the key. And they said they wouldn't let her in. And I'm like, come on. I'm, I'm calling you right now. Sonny. It's okay to let her in. And she's my next-door neighbor. It wouldn't let, no, I'm sorry. I had to call like the company and fill out paperwork, and I'm like, come on. You, I mean, years ago, I could just call the doorman and say, hey, will you go into my apartment and get this stuff? But actually, that's kind of my fault because I think um, I had somebody fired for doing that. Well, because they were stealing stuff out of my apartment, they, and they were stealing my pot. And that's where I drew the line. There was a guy in this building that I was very f- close with. You know, because he worked the overnight shift on the weekends. So I'm always, you know, I'm obviously always close with the overnight guys because I come in very late hours. And this guy was a young kid. and He was a nice kid. And we'd get high together sometimes and hang out. And sometimes we'd just come upstairs and get high. And I didn't care if they, those guys were up here. They seemed okay. Well, it turns out this guy wasn't that okay. Um, he stabbed somebody and ended up going to jail. Now, that's where I had to draw the line. But he was very charming. He was also doing a lot of drugs. He was throwing up in the laundry room and stuff like that and all this stuff. And I know he was stealing TVs from people's apartments. But, like, I knew he wouldn't do something like that. Remind I know he'd steal my drugs, but, you know, whatever. Come on, Selena. And um, I, so he, uh, once I found out he stabbed somebody and that's why he was in jail because he told everybody else he's like uh, he was helping his brother out and he has to do this or something like that. Whatever he told everybody, the lie he told everybody in the building, they all bought it. And they were all making a petition together to get him back. His name was Kay, I remember. And then um, the building used to be owned by this company. And the law firm that I used to work for used to handle the corporation that the building owned. So when they wanted me to join the tenants organization, I wasn't allowed to because my boss got mad when he saw my name on it. I had no idea it would make a difference because we worked for the other side. So then that's the only time I used my clout for the people, you know, and I'm like, listen, you, this guy cannot come back. He, and I, all the people that I actually like in the building, they were all fooled, as was I for many times. But I was like, listen, this guy cannot come back. You got to do something about it. He stabbed somebody. That's why he's in jail. He comes up to the apartment. You can't have him back. And, uh, yeah, I got rid of him. Yeah, I did it. I, come on. That's a good person. I don't want to be a dick, but, I mean, Jesus. He stabbed someone. That's why he was in jail. He got into a fight in his neighborhood, not here. Um, and he was stealing stuff from everybody's apartment. So is that horrible that, you know, I had to finally, you know, put a stop to it? I don't think so. Nobody believes me. Nobody ever believes me when it comes to the late night guys. They don't believe me. There was this other guy, Robert. He was so loaded all the time. He would throw stuff at me and threaten me when he was drunk. He was nicest, kindest person when he wasn't drunk. And, um... Nobody believed me. Nobody believed me. It, again, it's uh, like that HR director at the uh, office Christmas party several years ago when she was, you know, whispering in my ear, I'm going to fuck you up. You're such a douchebag and an asshole. And I'm like, I swear to God, this little girl is whispering stuff in my ear, really nasty stuff. They're like, right, right. But again, thank God somebody was there to hear it. But um, yeah, nobody, nobody believes me. I had to block my door once like with my couch because I thought, you know, they all have the keys. So I thought he was going to come in and. It was like really uptight. He's gone too, thank God. They got rid of most of the drunks. And, uh, you know, then when they would close the door and say back in five minutes, I had no one there. Most of them would pass out in the back. So it was a disaster. So in a way, I guess this corporation kind of got things 
they got things going again, you know. Uh, most people didn't have the problems I did because they didn't come in late at night. I'm a late night guy. It's late night happenings. You know, and especially back then, you know, when I was out late all the time. Now I try and uh, not make things too late, although Monday, well, let's talk about that. This Friday, I went down, as you know, I am doing a Christmas carol. I have one more football show next Tuesday, the 13th. Then I'm doing a Christmas carol um, on the 20th. Now, I have that casted, I think. Yeah, um, where is that? List? Oh, let's see. We got Natterman as uh, Ebenezer Scrooge. Now, we got that hot girl, Sophia, being the narrator. Now, I have no idea how she's going to work out. I'm taking a chance on her. You know, she's an English girl. I'm taking a chance. She's very young, but I'm taking a chance. We're going to go over some stuff, and then if she really sucks, I'll just say, sweetie, you're wonderful, but it's not going to work. I mean, this is the girl that got me the Chipotle cards and everything. I mean, she's been a real asset to everything I do, so I'm hoping she can get me out of this fix and and read from the paper because you know how mad I get about all that kind of stuff. I'm going to be Bob Cratchit. Mike Pachetti is Tiny Tim. I'm also going to play... The ghost of Jacob Marley, but I'm going to play it as John Marley from The Godfather. Now you get out of here, and you tell that Ebenezer Scrooge I ain't no band leader. You know, that kind of stuff. I don't know why. Because the the actor's name was John Marley. That's the gag. It's not that funny, but I'm going to do it anyway. The Ghost of Christmas Past is going to be played by our friend Gary Goldman, who's on the show uh, once before. Great comic, but, you know, I don't know. He's a great guy. The Ghost of Christmas Present is going to be played by Bob Greenberg. Now, Bob Greenberg is that guy that I always tell you about (laughs) that still does, like when he does stand-up, he's like, for my next imitation, I would like to do Oliver Hardy on the phone sex line. He's talking about Laurel and Hardy. This is the imitations this guy does still. This is Lou Costello, and it's weird because I almost want him to play Lou Costello, but it'll take away from what Natterman is doing. You know, I'd like to have him to play Luke Costello's The Ghost of Christmas Peasant, but it'll take away. And that's the thing. I don't even know whether I can trust him to not take away and pull focus from Natterman. So, but I'm taking a chance. Marina Franklin is the ghost of Christmas yet to come, as they call it. And then either me or Bob Greenberg will play Fezziwig. You know, I got to give myself parts. Mike Buschetti's playing the character of Dick. <laughs> Uh, this girl Bethel Karam, because she can sing, is going to play some of the lady parts like Belle. And actually, Mrs. Cratchit is our friend Irene Bremis, because I always give her all the motherly parts where she just yells and screams because it's funny. I'm going to play, be playing the portly gentleman, which I thought I had to play because of my now tremendous weight game. I'm having another coffee culotta today because I didn't have any dessert. I had a chicken parm sandwich today. I don't know what I'm going to do. Okay, I mean, I know what I have to do. Here's the problem. You know I work in a regular job. I don't hate my job in any way, shape, or form. But when you're at a nine-to-five job or whatever the hours are, the one thing you look forward to is lunch. And having a salad just depresses the hell out of me. Now, again, I like this job, but there's no future in it for me. It's just a job to have, and it's it's a good job. And it's full of okay people. But, you know, 
I'd like something better to happen. So it's depressing. So the only thing I look forward to is lunch. And if I don't have something delicious, I get depressed. Like Mondays, even though I, you know, I love Mondays going out for wings, I have a salad before I get to work because I have to or, or I'll die. Otherwise, as you know, my vegetable intake is only celery sticks that go with the wings. So I have a salad. So, but I'm depressed on Mondays because I'm like, the salad sucks. It stinks. On Tuesdays, I don't mind because I go to Tommy Bahamas and I have a salad, but I have it like with people. So it doesn't, so the whole, you know, night. But yesterday they were closed for a private party. How dare they? So then Wednesday and Thursday, I, I don't know what to do. I, you know, and so I went in to have like um, this Korean barbecue and then we saw this beautiful, beautiful chicken parm there. It was delicious. It was delicious. And then when I was walking home, I'm like, you know what? I got to have some sort of dessert. I think it's coffee colada time. But now I have a small one and I don't get the whipped cream. I know I told you that last time, but, I, but it's really funny. He goes, whipped cream? I'm like, no. I yell at the guy now. Anyway, I'm going to play Joe. Now, a lot of you aren't familiar with the character Joe from A Christmas Carol. <laughs> um, you know, he's one of those, like, Undertaker guys, the guy that gives the money for when they have the curtains and stuff like that. Oh, and Mike Bichette is going to play the young boy. Why, today, sir? It's Christmas Day. Oh, Christmas Day. What a delightful boy. I know I got to do something as Mr. Magoo, but I... It's not working, so I don't really care. Let me, let's read some of the dialogue because... I like doing this before uh, the shows sometimes. You know, we always do this for the... Uh, sometimes I like to see the way it plays, and then I always think when I'm doing it myself, it's not going to work. Here's me as the portly gentleman. At this festive season of the year, Mr. Scrooge, tis more than usually desirable we should make some slight provision for the poor and destitute. Hundreds of thousands are in want of common comfort, sir. Are there no prisons? I'm doing, uh, doing like Natterman. Well, yes, there are plenty of prisons. And the workhouses, are they still in operation? What's a workhouse? It's what it sounds like, Dingus. Probably where your mother lives. <laughs> oh, this stuff writes itself. Ah, you wish to remain anonymous. anonymous. All right. That's the portly gentleman. I just like doing the line straight. I like using that accent. They certainly know who about it. Many can't go there, and many would rather die. Well, if they would rather die, they'd better do it and decrease the surplus population. Wow. Oh, you did not just go there. Um, let's move on. Let's see. I'm just going to pick out some places and read them for you. If you can't make the show. Just a little preview. Stupid, stupid. Oh, here's the Marley stuff. I don't know. I'd prefer to cut the whole this. It's not, I don't think it's working, but maybe I should do this as Mr. Magoo. But it's funny using the actor John Marley. Yes, <laughs> It's funny to me and anybody who knows The Godfather. <clears throat> um, you know, anybody who's come to the Godfather shows, I think they'll appreciate it. I think you have to give the nod to it. In life, I was your partner, Jacob Marley. But in reality, I'm actor John Marley playing Jacob Marley in the show. Can you sit down? Of course I can. I can sit down anywhere I want in this town. That's all that can. Marley's listening. So how you doing? But I don't know. It also hurts my voice. Um, and I have to sing. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Do you know the weight and length of the strong coil you bear yourself? <laughs> it sounds more like Christopher Lloyd. I don't know what I'm going to do. Maybe I'll change that. I can't decide. 
Here's the ghost. Let's see. Um, touch my hand, and you should be up. You should be upheld. I knew it. Here we go. Listen, pal. I just don't go that way. I like the ladies, if you know what I mean. When was the last time you had a lady? Well, you're the ghost of Christmas past. You tell me. Now you don't know, do you? Well, of course I know. I was trying to be polite. It was like 50 years ago. It's not easy courting girls in the 1800s. Can't just Tinder a date, you know. Then it takes about 30 minutes for them to undress all that fabric, and by that time, I'd rather have a sandwich. And the ghost gets it. (laughs) That's pretty good. Well, once the ghosts come in, it's pretty good. Um, Oh, boy, this is really long. That's the problem, too. It's a little long, but, I mean, how do you cut all this gold? Am I right? (laughs) Mm. Um, Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I really don't know. Oh, let's see. Where's, uh, oh, yeah, we have all this dialogue, of course. Um, oh, uh, oh, Dick Wilkins, to be sure. Oh, bless me. He was very much attached to me, was Dick. Oh, God, I miss Dick. I love Dick. Oh, Dick. Uh, Dick, got it. But I do love Dick. Uh, yes, I do. Why do you think Dick was so attached to you? Isn't it obvious guys like Dick? This is like Dick Wilkins one of the characters in the show. How can I not just keep doing dick jokes, right? I mean, come on. Uh, It goes on for hours, that dick joke. Um, This bell is not very good. Goes for Christmas present. Uh, (laughs) The ghost, the narrator. The ghost was clothed, I'm trying to do her line, in one simple green robe bordered with white fur. Then Scrooge goes, Omo! Look and know me better, man. You have never seen the likes of me before. Oh, here we go. What is it with you? He's like, touch my robe. Oh, here we go. What is it with you, ghost? Listen, whatever your deal is, guy, I don't go that way. 1,800 brothers, your skimpy robe, the fur. Just touch the robe, jerk off. All right, but I don't want any Jared from Subway Sandwich shit. It's <laughs> good stuff. Um, and then we have our song. Will we have a gander and some razzleberry dressing? The Mike Buschetti. Oh, razzleberry dressing would be nice. Will we have a pudding? <coughs> so, boy, that's bad. Will we have a... Oh, my God. <coughs> it's the culotta. Will we have a pudding made of liver while we're guessing? Oh, maybe razzleberry dressing twice. We haven't had a hen since I can tell you when. We'd love a hen again with Rathalberry dressing. That's Mike Buschetti. We'll have the Lord's bright blessing and knowing we're together, knowing we're together heart and hand. Yep, we're going to do it. I mean, as gay as it is or whatever it is. I'm doing it. Uh, it's embarrassing, too, when you're up there singing. Oh, then I got this. I don't mind giving it away. Um, the new spirit appeared in Scrooge's bedroom. It was shrouded. In, see if you can guess what movie this is from. It was shrouded in a deep black garment which concealed its head, its face, and form. But most productions just have it as a guy in a hoodie. And there's the ghost of Christmas future. Are we awake? And Scrooge goes... Are we black? And the ghost goes, yes. Then we're awake, but we're very puzzled. 
Huh? Guesses? Guesses? Anyone? Bueller? Bueller? Blazing Saddles? Huh? Hmm. Um. Uh, I guess that's good enough. How about this one? Uh, yeah, he, this is what they describe in the book, right? The narrator goes, Scrooge and the spirit come to a seedier side of town, a junk shop of short sorts, one might say. There was a low-browed, beetling shop below a penthouse roof where iron, old rags, bottles, and bones were bought. Scrooge and the ghost look in the window upon this wretched place. Upon the floor within were piled up heaps of rusty keys, nails, chains, hinges, files, scales, weights, and refuse iron of all kinds. Scrooge says, what a dump. And uh, Marina says, hey, this is where I grew up, assface. <laughs> Although that being said, you will never find a more wretched hive of scum and villainy. And Scrooge says, hey, that's from Star Wars 4. No, it's not. Yes, it is. I'd recognize it anywhere because after saying that line, I always want to cut to Lenny and Squiggy saying, hello. <laughs> well... You know, these, uh, and there it is. A Christmas Carol, December 20th. I don't know whether that whets your appetite or whether it says, oh my God, I'm not going to that. But who cares, right? I mean, we're all having a good time. Hey, how are you? Hey, how you doing? You're okay. Gloria, I'd like you to meet Hobson. My best friend in the world. I relish the compliment. It's thrilling to meet you, Gloria. Hi. Yes. You obviously have a wonderful economy with words, Gloria. I look forward to your next syllable with great eagerness. I don't know. I love that scene, right? Um, wanted to hear actual English people talking. So anyway, I went to the, to the cellar. On Friday with Bethel, the girl who's going to, you know, help me sing, uh, because no one was we were supposed to go over our stuff, but he forgot <laughs> sitting there. I'm like, what's happening? Oh, my God, I forgot to learn. the song. So so then I was just there Friday for nothing. I mean, it's never nothing when you go there. It's always good to show your face, always be, uh, you know, see what's going on. Say hello to everybody. So Bethel and I just had some drinks. I mean, no told me to have a steak, but um, I, I didn't. One, I was stuffed because I had not only did we take our friend Caitlin out for dinner at this new Chinese place, but then we had um, we had like a, a work function, you know, where we had a lot of chicken wings. So I was kind of stuffed. Um, that's I don't know why I told that part of the story. And then we went out for drinks, me and Bethel and uh, her her went out for drinks and we got kind of loaded and then her old roommate from college came by. It was very, you know, I love those kind of nights. We went to that bar that I like going to. And I like those kind of nights where people just uh, you know, come by. Anyway, so Bethel's roommate comes over and she's like uh Spanish, I guess. And the only reason again I mention it is because she just keeps mentioning it when she comes in. Like she's just like, "Listen, I'm a Latino woman." And I said, look, she just kept saying, I goes, listen, I'm a Latino, and what I'm doing to the... And I'm like, yeah, we get it. You're Latino. I understand. 
It was like really weird, but she was kind of pretty. Um, and it was kind of fun because, again, you know, you just you want an adventure and then it gets, you know, it's exciting because Bethel hadn't seen her in like 20 years. So it was kind of fun. You know, when you don't we don't really hang out, me and Bethel and then and Bethel's such a stupid name anyway. And uh, but she's really pretty and nice. And we had a good time. And then Lenny Marcus, Lenny Marcus came by um, to join us after her roommate left. You know, like people were there the whole time, but people come in and out. It's great because it's right on the street. And Lenny had just gotten bumped by Louis C.K., so he had time to come over and hang out, um, which is funny because Kevin Brennan refused to be bumped, which is really funny. Louis was like, well, I don't want to bump. He goes, yeah, yeah, no, uh, you're not bumping me, which you got to. Kevin Brennan, he really is the shit. Lenny could have also told Louis, like, please don't bump me. I got somewhere to go, and he probably would have um, he would have been cool with it, but... Yeah, Lenny, I think Lenny got bumped by Chris Rock and Louie that night, <laughs> which is funny, and it's funny to hear. It wouldn't be funny if it was happening to me, but it's funny um, when it's happening to somebody else, and they just come by, and they're like, oh, here's what happened tonight. Uh, plus, it was everything was just too much money. You know, I just spent too much money at that bar. It's always so much, because, you know, I, I want to pay for everybody. I just want to pay for everybody all the time. I can't help it, especially since they're helping me with my free show. You know, that's the only way I can show gratitude is by doing that. So anyway, I'm out there till three in the morning somehow. I don't know why. I'm, I'm out till three. I get home. I'm still wasted. And I got to wake up at six because I got to get my car inspected in the morning. In New Jersey, you can get it inspected for free. But you got to go. And my car failed an inspection because I have the service. I got the service engine light on because it keeps going on. I got these oxygen sensors that it's not. I fixed them all, but it. It's such a pain, and then I take it to like a Jiffy Lube. They turn off the service engine light, and then I should have gone back to the inspection station, but it's already closed. So I slept for like an hour, and then I went out there because I figure I'll take care of that, and then um, I'll see my nephew in this play. My nephew was in You Can't Take It With You, and I got to tell you, if I'm being honest with you guys, I am getting... I always want to support my nephew, but I'm I'm getting jealous. I'm getting very jealous, and it's bothering me because he he's like getting everything. He's a freshman in high school, and he's in two plays this year. He's in the, you know the the the, the comedy like the straight one, and and the musical. He just got cast in Bye Bye Birdie, and ironically, the role I played in 1982 as the son Randolph McAvee, the guy that goes like Ed Sullivan. And so, you know, that guy, whatever, if you know the play. But, um, yeah, and he's playing the same part. I mean, it's really weird. Like, 30 years later, it's so weird. Like, everybody's getting freaked out, you know. But, I mean, I was like, I got that part as a sophomore. And, you know, only because, uh, you know, I was the right size. But then I grew. But this guy, I don't know, I mean, he's okay. And he's, he, at least, when I see those stupid productions, this was a high school one. It's just almost as bad as the junior high ones. But when I see these productions... And again, you know, I always complain. What do I complain about? Fucking sound quality. Nobody knows how to project anymore. They don't teach projection because everybody's wired for sound. So everybody's just talking regularly. Meanwhile, if those mics go out or whatever, you still can't hear anybody. It's a huge auditorium. And it, it just it looks stupid. Nobody learns how to project anymore. So my nephew, you can always hear him. He's always talking pretty loud, which is cool because I think my sister like really laced into him about it. So he does okay, you know, it's just like he's getting everything and it's bothering me. I mean, this guy's got such a charmed life that not only does he get everything, but 
they found out the day they were doing two shows that they got another show. And it was some evil, you know, director that doesn't like the guy that's directing the straight show. And he posted the next show, you know, parts the day, like three hours before they did two shows, which if somebody, it turned out the entire cast that was in that show was also in Bye Bye Birdie. But God forbid, you're, you know, they're like me. You find out all your friends are in something and you didn't get it. You don't think that's going to kind of affect your performance or the after party? I mean, that's a major bummer. Put the fucking sheets out the next day, jerk off. That's a dick move. But, I mean, these guys were so happy because they also know they got another play coming up at parts. I mean, I'm just jealous that they're all working. You know, I know it's free. I know it's high school. But I didn't get that many parts. He's in, like, everything. And he has really good parts. And I'm very, very jealous about it. That's all I wanted to do. That's all I want to do now. I can't work it out. It's amazing. I don't know. He's not that great. It's not like he could be in like a boy band or anything, you know? I don't know. I know it shouldn't bother me. I'm just... But now, I get why my dad was always so jealous all the time. It's, um... He just looks like he's having fun. I mean, I know I have a lot of fun in my life. But I want to do good work, you know? I mean, that's why I have a lot of fun after the shows, because then at least I've done something. But I want to do... I mean, I'd like to do some plays or something, even though, you know what I was thinking in that movie, in the show Crashing, which comes out, I'm like, I'm so, I can't wait to see it, but I also can't wait not to see it, because um, every day I think I'm like, I did a horrible job, I did a horrible job, I couldn't remember my lines, I couldn't do anything, I don't know, I mean, they all, I think they all thought I did a good job, but I, I really feel like I let, I just, I want another chance, but God, it's so scary when you're, you know, in the middle of everybody, and there's 30 people watching you, and you don't, if you forget your lines, you panic. I just don't do it enough. So, I mean, me walking around in that towel should be uh, one of the greatest acting jobs of our time. Not, you know, being, like I said, you know, now 200 pounds walking around in a fucking towel on HBO. <clears throat> I mean, that's that's the greatest. Like, and, I, and there's no way you wouldn't think I was comfortable. Like, I wasn't comfortable in it. I mean, that, that was the best acting job I did. Because remember, when you see it, you know, there's only three people in the scene, but there's 30 people sitting there behind the cameras watching, and I'm just walking around. I mean, I might as well. Uh, uh, that is the greatest acting challenge of our time. I was very uncomfortable in that tower. And I'm not talking about uncomfortable, like the towel was making me uncomfortable. I mean, uncomfortable walking around a tower, a, t- a towel, when you're, you know, gross or you feel gross about yourself, and you know it's going to be on camera. I mean, it's, it's just. Um, it's making me crazy. I know it shouldn't because it's all good stuff, but it it just is. Sunday, you know, I got to do something about my Sunday routine. It's not working. I love sitting at home watching Sundays, but I, I got to get out at 4 o'clock. I, I can't sit around all day. This is no way to live. It's not that I have other plans. I don't break other plans, although this guy invited me to do this awesome podcast like a like a sex podcast at four o'clock on a Sunday. I'm like, I can't do it. I can't do it. Like, I'm afraid to leave the house. And I, I, I think it's because I could, you know, I keep gambling. I think that's the problem. I think if I wasn't gambling, I don't think I'd care. We're making another date for Wolfgang's like steakhouse. But I think it's like during the playoffs. I'm like, I, hope, I don't know whether I can leave the house. It's really bad. But, oh my God, the Jets. Oh, what a bag of shit they are. 
God, why do they always have to suck? They just can't get it right. It's an embarrassment. Ugh. They can't find a quarterback. They can't find a coach. I can understand if you can get one or you can find the other. One, one of the two would be nice. This guy's got to be fired immediately. He sucks. He looks stupid. He just sucks. Just fire him already. Why is there even an issue, this Todd Toilet Bowls? It's, it, what a jerk off. He's like, well, I'm not playing. I'm keeping Ryan Fitzpatrick. Well, God, you hate when they say that. The guy just throws it in. Now, now they're finally playing this Bryce Petty. You know, if he was, uh, if he played the last two games, they might have gotten uh, three more points playing that Colts game. Would they lose 41 to three? Oh, my God. No, it must have been. It, it had to be more than that because they got the over. Oh, because it was 49 to three. Sorry, right. The Indianapolis got the over on their own. That was actually what I was expecting. So they did okay this. Uh, Week. But look at this. When they co- talking about the NFL, and you know I've been talking about this. This is why I watch the Red Zone channel. Because um, here's the problem. This is what this. Um, this is what happened. What's killing football? Uh, the second quarter of last Sunday's Texans Packers game on CBS. A Packers touchdown and a point after is followed by commercials. We know that. Back from commercials, the kickoff followed by commercials. I've told you this before. Back from commercials, Texans do three plays and a punt, commercials. Back from commercials, Packers, three plays and a punt, commercials. Back from commercials, Texans do three plays, then an injury, so some commercials. Back from the commercials, the injured player is still down, so more commercials. Then back from the commercials, Texas punts, the Packers have three plays, then this two-minute warning, so there's commercials. Then there's back from commercials, the Packers do two plays, then punt, then commercials. That was the entire second quarter. This is why football sucks and nobody's watching. But the Red Zone channel is still the absolute shit. Now, the ratings, I, I know they're faltering because they used to be sevens, but I, 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 you can't be that worried. I mean, look at this. The number one rated show last week was Thursday Night Football because it was Cowboys. It was Cowboys-Vikings, but basically Cowboys. 6.8 rating. Now, that's on a Thursday night football game. And I know that they're talking about getting rid of that. But if that's the number one rated show, I don't know whether they will or whether they just get rid of it because, you know, just it was big because it was the Cowboys. And it kind of blew away the Sunday night game between the Panthers and the Seahawks was usually the number one game. That's only a 6.1. That's a big difference. Um, but it's the Cowboys. And quite frankly, if they really want to... Um, you know, get better ratings, just have the Cowboys play every Thursday. That'll solve all your problems. That'll get huge ratings. Just next year, have them play every Thursday. And 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 maybe, uh, you know, throw in uh, the Patriots on one of those Thursdays. There you go. And every team plays the Cowboys. And if they're not playing the Cowboys, they'll play the Patriots. And there you go. Uh, and that, there's your Thursday powerhouse ratings. So NBC got really, because now they got the Thursday, so the Thursday, Sunday, then the OT, then football night in America. The first four things are NFL football, then the Big Bang Theory. The Big Bang Theory, now beating Empire, Big Bang Theory really is a powerhouse of a show with a 3.1. Now, look at the difference. I mean, Thursday Night Football basically had a 7. The highest rated show on television is four points lower. When we talk about this all the time. Then Empire, then that stupid This Is Us. I, I, I couldn't stop at that for a second. Then the Big Ten Championship, which was kind of awesome. 
that was the Wisconsin Penn State. And, you know, they came out with the four. I'm so angry about that. Ohio State is number two, but they didn't play in the championship game. It does seem unfair. So you got Alabama, Clemson number two, Ohio State number three, and Washington number four. Well, I got no qualms with Washington. I think that's cool. But I think, and I hate Penn State, only, you know, Sandusky reasons, all that. I think they should have gotten rid of that football program. But I guess it's kind of nice that they're coming back. But that name will always be tainted. I say you just get rid of that entire program and get rid of that school and knock it down because it's evil and unholy, as they say in The Godfather. That school is tainted. Close it down. Yeah, close it down. It is evil and unholy. So no one wants to see Penn State except the people that go to Penn State. And even the people that go to Penn State should say they go to a different school. And everybody should transfer. Nobody should go there. Who wants anybody to... Can you imagine if I had to say, like, you know, I'm a Penn... Well, for me, it would be hilarious. But for most people, it used to be a badge of honor. Now you just look stupid. Because that's all you can think about. Your mind immediately goes to uh, fucking guys up the ass. Um, And so I think... But I say, well, Penn... Penn, Did Penn State win? No, Wisconsin. Well, now I can't remember. It was Penn State, Wisconsin, right? If I think Penn State, geez, I, I don't remember. Let's say Penn State won. I think they should take Ohio State's place. You, How are you allowed to be in there if you don't get the national championship? You know, it's people that are choosing it, so I guess they want the best matchups, but I think that's unfair. You got to win your, you got to win your, you know, championship, I, I think, or be in it. I, I think that seems like the only fair thing. That's not very nice. But that's it. So that's what we're going to see on stupid New Year's Eve. Ugh. New Year's Eve. Boy, they really know how to ruin a guy's fun. So it'll be Alabama versus Washington and Clemson versus Ohio State. My guess is Alabama beats the shit out of Washington. I don't know what the line is yet. You know, I think Ohio State will beat Clemson. I do. Clemson's had a lot of close calls. I'm not so sure. I can't imagine anybody being Alabama that just people are saying now, can they beat the Browns? Can the Alabama college kids beat the Browns? And everybody always says like, they're not going to beat a professional team. And I believe that. But get this. Number 10 for the week. Random week. Fucking Simpsons. The Simpsons. A 30-year-old show. That is so impressive. I just... I just think that's terrific. I really do. The Simpsons is, is, is great, and it and it's still good, and it's just uh, it's really impressive. All those cartoons and shows that have come and gone before it, and it's still the shit. Uh, oh, and we were talking about the ratings. You know what had huge ratings, which I watched this week, was the, uh, the CW had, they have all their, you know, Marvel comics, Rules the movies. I mean, it rules that Doctor Strange is doing amazing. Again, Marvel hit pay dirt. And they got a plan, and their movies kick ass. Now, I've seen a couple of, you know, I love comic book movies. And I dreamed of it as a kid that they'd make good ones. But uh, some of them are, I mean, they're good, but they always, the same endings all the time. So I haven't seen Doctor Strange. I'm looking forward to it. But let's face it, their movies make a lot of money, and they have a plan. And now there's going to be like, you know, I'm sure... Benedict Cumberbatch definitely signed up for like three or four movies. 
um, of Doctor Strange. But DC can't get it right at all. I mean, they cannot get it right at all. That Superman versus Batman tanked. All the Supermans have been bad since the original in the 70s. Uh, all of them. Bad. Really unwatchably bad. Uh, the Batmans do okay. But that's all they got. That's all they got. They can't get it right. They cannot get it right. But the, where, the one thing they do get right is their television. So the CW, every night of the week, Monday through Thursday, has DC Comics. Uh, Mondays is Supergirl, which they moved from CBS. Tuesdays is The Flash. Wednesdays is Green Arrow. And Thursdays is this stupid thing called uh, DC's Legends of Tomorrow, which I do not watch. And I stopped watching Arrow. But I watch Supergirl. I, I, again, I don't know why. But I do, every week. It's very lesbianic. I enjoy that. Uh, and The Flash is my favorite show. So, I mean, I just always like The Flash. So they had a crossover, a brilliant ratings move, a crossover, and the four-night DC crossover that went through it, where it's just aliens invade in, in a brilliant stroke of just like, let's just have aliens invade. Um, it gave the CW its most watch week in six years. Supergirl had its most watch episode of the season and matched its season premiere ratings. It was also the CW's most watch show in its Monday 8 to 9 time slot in more than eight years, since 2008. The Flash saw its most watched episode in almost two years, and that's a very highly rated show, and its highest rated episode of the season. Its best rate, uh, the Flash also was up 5% in total view, blah, blah, blah. Arrow had its highest rated episode since last season's crossover, and it more than doubled its ratings in adults 18 to 34. And this DC Legends of Tomorrow, which that was the highest episode ever for them because they, they don't get ratings. Its highest rate, the series also matched its highest ratings, yeah, ever. Uh, I, I can't imagine that'll still be around, but it, it was fun. I watched all four shows, and usually I don't watch uh, the last two shows anymore, and it was it was quite entertaining. Some aliens came back, um, the same ones that had been here, you know, in the 50s, Roswell, doing the Independence Day gag, and um, they were up to no good, and they had to combine forces to get it right. It was all Flash's fault, because he changed the timeline. I don't know what it is with this guy, but... uh it was fun. Yeah, it was all right. Yeah, it was all right, you know. I'll tell you. You know, they're uh, thinking about, or maybe it's already done, they're putting that Bud Selig. He used to be the commissioner of baseball for many years, and they're going to put him in the Baseball Hall of Fame. Well, this is the guy that should not be in the Hall of Fame. This is the, They're making a huge mistake. It's going to, as they say, pave the way for all the PED cheaters I mean, this guy sucks. I mean, this guy, unlike the NFL, who nipped the drugs, steroids in the butt, so to speak. <laughs> uh, this guy didn't do anything. Turned a blind eye, ruined baseball, ruined all the statistics. Now, do I care about statistics? No, but that's what all baseball was made of, was statistics and history, and he ruined everything. And when they canceled the season in 94, I wanted them to just do away with baseball. The way I want them to do away with Penn State just get rid of baseball. Baseball sucks. And there's way too many games. And it goes way too long. And no one cares. And it's slow and boring. 
in the summertime, I do enjoy baseball because it's made for that. I, you know, I told you, I like sitting, I watch, like watching the Mets game in the air conditioning on a Sunday, falling asleep. But otherwise, baseball blows. And until you can really get to the playoffs or the World Series where it kind of gets exciting, and certain, certainly with the Cubs, it got exciting. Baseball still sucks. It sucks. And this guy almost ruined everything. And the funny thing is, is that that's when baseball got exciting. Because of the steroids, everybody was, you know, hitting home runs. And that they remember they're beating uh, McGuire and Sammy Sosa were running after Roger Maris's ring. I mean, that was exciting. So I say, just let them play all steroid up, and that would make baseball all exciting. But, you know, you can't have it both ways. This guy is also the douchebag that said, oh, let's make um, the All-Star game count. So uh, they're finally doing away with that this year. That was the worst because the Mets would have had home field advantage when they played last year if not for that stupid All-Star rule. Oh, it's so retarded. This guy was the worst commissioner ever, and now he's like, so if he's in, then yeah. Why not put Bob, uh, Barry Bonds and, and that idiot Clemens in? This is a huge mistake. What a tool. I wish he'd just die. Really, I, it just really makes me angry. And Just get rid of baseball. Baseball's stupid. And you're playing, paying the Cespedes like a, a hundred-something million dollars. I mean, he's, he's great, and I, I'm glad that he's on my team. But it's too much money. What? Where? What? It's not football. It's baseball. It's stupid. And remember, people, remember this. These guys get $100 million or something. I mean, even the poorest guy gets $3 bucks, And they only do their job, the good ones, only do their job one-third of the time. If you have a batting average that's 300, you're doing pretty good. But it basically means that every three times you get up to bat, maybe you'll get a hit. And they're getting paid millions. You know, if you if you did that at your job, you'd be fired. So that'll drive you crazy every day. <clears throat> In the news. <laughs> oh, right. Passover greetings from Channel 2. My favorite. <laughs> That's the way sometimes they would go. You'd, you'd hear that, and then after that, you'd hear today in the news, and they would just have the CBS logo, and a guy would be talking in the mic like this. In the news today, a robbery took place uh, over hours in the Sunday morning. That's all that was on TV when I was growing up. Oh, God, it sucked back then. And remember, here's the, here's the, here's the end part. Here's what would happen after that. There's the Late Show intro. <laughs> I, I, I can't get enough of that. The, the static and the feel like you're putting on an old record, and that and that's what you'd be able to watch. No Die Hard, no Star Wars at three in the morning on a Sunday when you can't sleep because you're you're a boy that just wants to do stand up and be out late at night. No, just this. Oh, you know that movie's gonna suck. 
Meanwhile, the funny thing is now I'm like, well, now I'll watch it, but I have a choice now. Oh, God, did that suck, right? Anyway, the uh, the German chancellor wants to get rid of Muslim garb, you know, full veil burqas. Um, remember we were talking about Germany uh, yesterday, how much they suck. So they want to get rid of full burqas. And, you know, it's weird, you know, because it's Germany, you, you start getting nervous. You know, the way people are getting nervous about Donald Trump, uh, you know, deporting people or whatever. Uh, but the problem is uh, those burqas are, are fucking frightening. And uh, you don't want to be you don't want to be prejudiced to somebody whose religious beliefs is that because then you could just say, well, let's just get rid of people with those yarmulkes. Those are terrifying. But unfortunately, uh, it's the, the, the ones with the burqas that, that are, you know, the people that are dressed like that, that are that are blowing up everything. So everybody's terrified. So when you're walking around like that, they're just saying, can we can we just get rid of that? Can we just get rid of Can you just wear the just ask them to just wear the head stuff? Can, can you not wear the full burqas where you're walking around like the ghost of Christmas future? It's tough. It's a tough thing, but it's scaring the hell out of everybody. What are we supposed to do? This is the German people saying this. I can't believe I'm agreeing with them. But and they're just saying that in public forums, like government offices, courts, and schools. And France has already done it, which is bold. But of course they have. They did it too, you know, because they've been getting shit on. They've had you know two or three really bad terror incidents, all done by people in burkas or you know whatever. I know it's horribly racist, but. Let's face it, we all get nervous when we see that, when we see it at the airport, when we see it on a plane. I don't know how you handle it. I don't know how you handle it. But it's terrifying, and it's making everybody uptight. And the thing is, there is a Muslim NYPD officer named Amial El Sakari, um, and she was a victim of a hate crime because she was wearing that hijab you know, while she's walking around as a cop. I mean, that's even weirder. I'm surprised they let her do that because, you know, it's not like regulation. It's so an iffy subject for somebody's religious beliefs, but come on, you know it's making everybody uptight, but then, you know, you can also say the same thing. Oh, that yarmulke's making me uptight. But you know what the funny thing is? When I see them at my office, they do make me uptight. Those yarmulkes, when people wear them out, they make me uptight. Anybody that is showing their religious beliefs in a non-religious place makes people uptight. It just does. And and that's the thing. Now, this country is is made on that kind of shit, which is which is good. But unfortunately in this day and age, it's just like it just makes everybody nervous, it makes everybody uncomfortable because there's just been so much horror and stuff that um it's just bad. Any kind of religious beliefs you show in the office place or shit like that, it just makes people really uncomfortable. Really uncomfortable. What are you going to do about it, though? It's really it's really weird. They made uh, Trump the man of the year in Time magazine. I saw him on the Today Show today. They were really, you know, they always try and give it to him. I feel bad for him sometimes. They're just always trying to be, it's like, it's a great day. Congratulations. Being like, uh, so why do you keep tweeting? But that is weird. Why does he keep tweeting? They're, they're, basically, they were saying, stop watching Saturday Night Live. He's like, I can't help it. <laughs> That's what I'd say. Did you know that also uh, Amazon is making, in Seattle, they're making their first robo market where you just pull shit off and you have the app 
and it just gets charged to your phone instantly, and then you walk out. Oh my god, that would be fantastic. There's nothing worse than going to the checkout counter and buying, you know, whatever I buy. Even when I buy stuff, I'm embarrassed. They're like, "Oh, you must have a lot of kids," you know, because I'm buying like 900 boxes of cereal, and I'm like, "No, mind your own business." I hate everybody watching what I buy. I can't wait for that robo market to come here. They're just trying it out in Seattle. They're nervous. They're like, oh, they're getting rid of all these jobs. Well, I don't like checkout counter people anyway, so I'm okay with that. I mean, there'll still be people to be able to work there and answer questions, I guess. But, yeah, you're getting rid of some jobs. But, you know, what are those, what are those, what are those cashiers doing anyway? Every time I go to the grocery store here, I'm like, those, those cashiers, they're, they're kind of mean. Uh they kind of act like, oh, uh, uh, my job's completely secure. In, in a way, you, you almost want it to happen, you know? I mean, I don't know in Jersey if it's different, but most of the cashier people are really angry. And are they? And can you say, well, yeah, we're angry because our jobs suck. Well, yeah, so then why do you care if you don't have it anymore? I mean, I don't know. It's kind of weird, right? Uh, also... Uh, I was reading about this Antarctic ice marathon. It it was on November 24th. And this was like the 13th time, the 12th time. The Ar- Antarctic ice marathon. It takes place at 80 degrees south. That's the coordinates. Like the coordinates here for New York City are 40.7128 north. And 74.0059 west. That is the coordinates for New York City. The coordinates for the Antarctic Ice Marathon are 80 degrees south. (laughs) I like that. I don't know why. It's just kind of cool, right? Yeah, we're at 80 degrees south. It's just a few hundred miles from the South Pole. Here, the race presents a truly formidable and genuine Antarctic challenge with underfoot conditions compromising snow and ice throughout the... An average wind chill temperature of minus 20 degrees Celsius. Is that worse than Fahrenheit? And the possibility of strong catabotic winds to contend with. Furthermore, the event takes place at an altitude of 700 meters. Plus, they also have 100K, which is like 60 miles. This is just a regular 26 marathon. I don't understand how anybody could do that. I have trouble walking in the cold weather. It makes my, you know, I, I think I have asthma. I I don't know how that's even legal to do. You have to pay 13,000 euros to go. Yeah. <laughs> the 13,800 euros is what it costs. Gives you your entry to the race of your choice. Transfers to and from the Punta Arenas Airport and Chile for Antarctic flight. The briefing, round-trip flights from Punta Arenas to uh, Antarctica. Meals. And tented accommodation, tented, uh, that sounds like it sucks, a baggage allowance, metal t-shirts, patches, and other souvenirs of the race. I would get that, those patches and I'd be like, listen, you, I just paid 13,000 euros. Give me something other than a fucking patch, you mother. I'd be so angry right by now. I'm like, I'm cold. I'm angry. I made a mistake. Uh, and you get a short film for the event. It's just like going to Harry Potter world. But I, I don't understand how those people could do it. I, I'd have a, it would be a nightmare for me. I can't, when I cycle in the cold weather, I start having a, an attack. 
Like, I can't breathe properly. How are you supposed to run 26 miles in that? I guess other people don't have my Jewy problems. I guess that's all it is, right? But I don't understand how you can run a marathon in those conditions. I mean, 26 miles? Even a non-Jew, even in the healthiest, uh, you know, a Nazi, uh, you know, the the perfect of specimens, uh, how do they even handle it, you know? And then there's one that's 60 miles? What am I missing here? And and who wants to do that? Why would you ever want to do that? If you want to go to Antarctica and see penguins, just do that. Because, again, it's kind of like they have this midnight run in Central Park on New Year's Eve, and I've done it before. And the first night I did it, it was so cold. It was so cold and it was fun, and I lasted about a mile, and then I walked the rest of the way. Because I hadn't run in years. Because I used to do cross country, so I figured I could do it. But I couldn't. And then I said, you know what I'm doing next year? There were all these people cheering you on and also yelling at you for being idiots for doing something in the freezing cold weather. And there was a a couple of guys who were just sitting there in in nice warm coats, drinking out of a flask and going, hey, fag. you know. And I'm like, no, that's what I want to do next year. I want to come to the park and yell at the people doing this. That would be fun, but I've never been able to get anybody on board for doing that. Do the opposite. Just yell at the people running. Hey, nice run, asshole. You know, like that kind of stuff. Enjoy yourself, sissy. I mean, that just seemed like so much more fun. That's what I'd like to do. I'd like to go to Antarctica and yell at those guys. Cold enough for you? (laughs) That's so... You know... (laughs) To continue your emotional education. So Lenny told me, Lenny Marcus told me that if I I could go to the Riotcast Network maybe where they do the thing and do the other podcast that I want to do, which I decided I think I'm going to call Dave Juskow's Masterclass. And then I can just take one topic and completely concentrate on it and break it down. Dave Juskow's Masterclass Podcast. Your thoughts? Well, that's what I think I'm going to do. Although I still really want to... I, 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 I just can't stop thinking about those stupid Gilmore guys. I cannot stop thinking about it. I want to tour with my podcast. That would be fun, right? Oh, by the way, on Monday night, I went out for wings. Oh, my God, those wings are delicious. They are delicious. Um, oh, Every time, every time we get them, I'm like, Jesus. Like It just never falters. And my friends Katie and Andrea came by, uh, you know, from Florida, my friend Katie, who used to be a waitress at Catch Rising Star, and we're still friends. And we... Uh, uh, a tell called and I go, oh, I'm right by your house. And he's like, oh, come outside. I'm at the deli. That's all he does. He hangs out by the deli. And we went out and he just looked. I, I thought he looked homeless sometimes when I see him at the cellar. This was even worse. He was just, he looked like the ghost of Christmas future. Just like a hood. I couldn't even, I mean, I, I don't know what he's up to. And we talked to him for a while. He's like, hey, do you, do you want to see Artie? And I'm like, yeah, soon, soon. Because, you know, Artie and I haven't, we hadn't spoken since, uh, he didn't show up for the show. And anyway, he uh, 
David, he was trying to put it together, put it together. So me and my friends, Katie and Andre, we went to another bar right across the street and already showed up. I guess Dave told him where I was, which was fine. I just didn't want to see him because I was drinking. I don't like drinking in front of a recovering alcoholic. Um, but I guess he really wanted to come by and apologize, which was so nice. He looked great, by the way. It looked like he had lost weight. His hair looked good. He looked young. He really looked terrific. And it was great to see him. And we talked for a while. We had a nice talk. And he was just, I think, you know, it's like when he's in a you know good mood like that. And uh, it's just, he's such a, he's, he's always a great person to be around. But he's just so excited. Uh, you know, he's, that crashing pilot uh, trailer is out. He's so funny in it. It was great to see him. And he's excited about crashing, you know, because I, you know, I think that's going to help a lot. And, uh, you know, with his touring. You know, then he was like, you know, maybe you want to come on the tour. And I'm like, really? Because I think he might do the podcast on the tour, which would be so much fun. That would be perfect for me because I don't know if I can do stand-up at this point. I'm just, I, I just can't find a place to practice. So that would be perfect. I'd love to do that. That'd be fun. I just, I, I guess I want to do a little touring. I, I don't really leave town very often, but I'd, I'd like to tour with something. There's got to be something I can do. That that we can all have a good time together, you know, and 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 have a couple hours together and just have a a bonding experience, but not stand up comedy. I mean, everybody does stand up comedy. What do you need to see another stand up comedy for? It's just a funny show, but in a, a different way, you know. Like maybe I should just I should probably just do my sound and light show that I did years ago, where I just show clips and we talk about the clips and we talk about movies and we just talk about television. I know that Doug loves movies has that. And he tours with it. So maybe maybe there is something to that. But he's also a comic, so he had it going on already. I don't know. We'll figure it out, right? I mean, that's uh, pretty much the plan. How about this? Yeah. My new action. I still feel like I'm hearing myself. I guess I'm going to Oh, whatever. Anyway, everybody, uh, listen. Next week, the plan is to have David Tell in. Talk about Hanukkah. Talk about the future. Talk about his uh, his new game show. If he's, if he's going to talk about it, who knows what he's not going to talk about or not going to talk about. And then uh, Christmas with the Godfather, as usual. Uh, bowl games, blah, blah, blah. And that'll be January. We'll come up with uh, some more fun, more guests, more quality podcasting in 2017. Today's show was a little lackluster. I, uh, I've been planning other things, as you know. But hopefully Atel will come on next week, and that'll be a lot of fun. And that is our yearly get-together broadcast. Uh, although we might do Artie's show that night, so I don't know. Lots of stuff in the works. Lots of stuff to do. This Tuesday, remember, the football show. Dave Hardy and Luddy and Christmas Carol, December 20th, all at the Comedy Cellar. And remember, you can see it live on Facebook through thekicker.com on Tuesday, September 13th. You would not be able to see the Christmas Carol that way. You can only see it live, but of course, I will probably play the audio when I get it. I will see everybody next week on the Dave Juskow Podcast. Have a great holiday week, everybody. See you next time.